Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Uh, I'm Silvan Estrada, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Veracruz, Mexico, and this is actually my first time touring the United States, and I'm really nervous because my English is really bad, and <laughs> this will be my first podcast in English, so... Tengo que practicar mi español. No, we're not going to do it in Spanish. <laughs> wow! Triste pregunto cuánto Hay que esperar para que entiendas que yo canto por llorar. Bienvenidos, mis amigos. Están escuchando The Show on the Road podcast. Me llamo Zacarias Lupitin. Uh, in Spanish, Google Translate says this is called El Espectáculo en la Carretera. And the hardest thing about finding translations of things like lyrics and poetry is that you don't know if the intent and the emotion is still there on the other side. Does the Google algorithm have a soul? We'll probably never know until the algorithm becomes sentient and tells us to our faces. But the one thing I do know is that I've fallen head over heels for the music of Veracruz's Silvana Estrada. Many folks listening to the show may not be aware that we are currently in Latin Heritage Month. And I want to ask you one thing. When was the last time you listened to music outside your own language? Maybe in Spanish class when you were a kid? Maybe never at all. The United States has 41 million people who speak Spanish fluently at home. I fell in love with the language from a very young age, and I was lucky enough to go to a school where I had the same Spanish teacher, Senora Contrat, from grade 1 through grade 12. She was my first ambassador to the world of Spanish language music, and we would sing at the end of each class, Cucuru Cucu Paloma. And then, when I was in high school, I got to live in Madrid for three months, and it changed my life. Each weekend after my classes were over in the suburb of Las Rosas, I would take the train into town and sit in Plaza Mayor for six, seven, eight hours at a time, watching the flamenco dancers spin around and shout to the rafters like they had since the 1700s. There's something about the bend and the ache in Silvana's voice. They say that young children can sometimes have crystal clear memories of their long lost ancestors, and that young artists can somehow channel the old voices of their predecessors. When I watch Silvana, when I hear her sing in a square in Veracruz, I can feel the centuries filtering through her. Is that a bit over the top? Maybe. The Spanish explorer Hernán Cortés arrived in Mexico on the 22nd of April, 1519, and he founded that city, Villa Rica de la Veracruz, referring to the area's gold and dedicating the true cross because he landed on the Christian holy day of Good Friday. And while I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not religious and I don't necessarily believe that there's a higher power looking out for us, what I do believe is that the music that Silvana creates is holy somehow. It doesn't matter that you don't understand the poetry in her words just yet. Close your eyes and let her guide you the rest of the way. Anyway, 
Thank you for being here and listening to the show. If you dig what we do, you can leave us a kind review on the Apple Podcasts page. It helps people find us, and we have had some of our most listened to episodes ever the last few weeks, so let's keep it going. If you're curious what my band Dust Bowl Revival is up to, we just put out a new single with friends of the podcast, The Secret Sisters. Yes, it's called The Exception, and there's a really rad animated music video that we made as well. This weekend, Sunday, October 17th, we'll be playing at the Clearwater Jazz Holiday down in Clearwater, Florida with Snarky Puppy and more. And also, three very special shows are coming up in Northern California, October 22nd with the Mother Hips at Castora Cellars in Paso Robles, and then October 23rd in Sacramento at Harlow's, and finally, October 24th at Freight and Salvage in Berkeley. That's it for me. Thanks again for having an open mind and exploring new music with me. It really means a lot. Okay, here she is, Silvana Estrada, after this break. Washington, D.C., because I'm in the middle of this nice tour with Rodrigo y Gabriela. I think you're going to be uh, <laughs> a hit here in the States if I have anything to do with it. Um, I think people need to listen to Spanish language music more often. It's something that um, if you look at the global charts, right, that's what the world yeah. is listening to. You assume that uh, yeah. American culture and music is dominating and has been for a hundred years, but it's actually not true anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy what's going on, you know, because Spanish music, music in Spanish is really like hitting <laughs> everywhere. And, you know, it's crazy because first it was like, oh yeah, because everything is like reggaeton and everything is like urban music, you know, uh, Bad Bunny, J Balvin, you know, and, Everybody started to to hear music in Spanish, like without not noticing, because they wanted to dance, you know. Right. And I feel like I feel like now people is like, oh, we've been listening to all this music in Spanish, so maybe we can just not only hear to reggaeton now, we can just hear something else like folklore or pop or you know, bachata. So. Yeah, it's crazy. I was able to talk to um, the wonderful Gabby Moreno on this podcast, um, who, you know, has been in L.A. for many years, but brings a lot of um, music from South America into English and then back into Spanish. Uh, and yeah. I think there's almost like musical ambassadors that come to like show us these other worlds. And I think you're going to show us a lot of um, the traditional folklorico, like you said, acoustic music that again, we don't necessarily hear outside of small villages or various places in Mexico. Um, and there's something about the way you sing, especially on your newest track, uh, Tristeza, right? It's like, there's like almost a flamenco bend. It feels almost like an Arabic connotation in some of these songs where you can hear the music of the centuries filtering into your music, which is really beautiful. Okay. 
Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think like what happens with uh, my voice and with my vocals is that I come from Veracruz. It's a really uh, culturally rich part of Mexico, region of Mexico. I mean, we have like its coast. So we have like this really Spanish heritage. And so we have a lot of, for example, flamenco in mm -hmm. our traditional music. Or traditional, or traditional music is Son Jarocho. So you can see in the Son Jarocho this manner of singing uh, without a microphone, right? right? Ever. We never use microphones. <laughs> And, you know, or, 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 pa or party, the way we party is playing jaranas or, or guitars. Mm. Hundreds of people playing the jarana. And then one singer singing really, really, really loud. Uh, in the middle of the crowd and that's uh, that's like atablado in a way you know that's like that's like flamencos do and also we have like this uh, heritage from Africa in mm. Veracruz because uh, actually the first uh, rebellion the first um, the first pueblo liberado I don't know how to say this the first uh, revolution it was from the african people in mm. veracruz uh, so i mean the first revolution in mexico uh, right. it was it was actually african and it was in veracruz so we have all this uh african instruments in our in our mm. in our music and also we have uh this really deep sense of rhythm uh right. we do this thing that is really African, you know, with the, with the Son Jarocho, it's like this eh, eh, dos por tres, uh, it's a manner of feeling the, you know, that's actually African, but that's actually, you can hear that uh, rhythm all around Latin America. Uh, so, yeah, it is, you know, when I sing, I feel like all this, it's not like I'm thinking every time that I'm singing, oh, I need to show like all my culture in my in my voice. It's just the way I do and I feel I do it the way I do because of all this richness from the, the place I grew up. Where I come from in Veracruz, we don't have like plenty of times we don't actually use uh, uh, percussion. We mm. dance, we zapateamos, you know, with the with the feet. So we are like tuku 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 tuku. Well, we are playing and dancing, so everything it's from the body. And I guess that's yeah. When I when I, when we were uh, recording Tristeza, I guess I was really trying to internalize the rhythm just to be really clear with my vocals and with my instrument, like what, what, like what the feeling was, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's true what you're saying. In a way it reminds me of Southern blues, you know, how it started basically with people on a porch on a, 
a piece of land, just making their voice the speaker, right? Making their feet the drums and having to project for an audience without any hope of electricity. And that carries through into rock and roll, soul music, gospel music, you know, this projection, yeah. you know. Um, you know, when, yeah. when I was when I was in Spain, I remember in, in Plaza Mayor, you could see the people sort of gathering around these flamenco singers and you could hear that from five blocks away, right? It like reverberated throughout the plaza, you know? And it was incredible. Yeah. It's like otherworldly. It is really like you can actually hear like sometimes when I'm when I'm listening to blues, I can hear the landscape, you mm -hmm. know. I can hear like like the colors <laughs> of the of the of the landscape in their in their voices. Um or with the flamenco people, I I I can hear their dresses, the red. They're belonging uh, mm. to something deeper. And mm. I feel like that's that's if you if you really like get into this these voices from all around the world, you can see the connection between them. Uh, I feel like every country we have like this moment in our lives where people were just singing because it was something to do. It was like praying or like just spending time together or just creating community. Well, there's a famous uh, story about <clears throat> the archivist uh, Alan Lomax, who would go down to the South before a lot of the blues singers were discovered and brought to Chicago to really record and share their music. Muddy Waters, who's now one of the most famous, you know, Chicago blues guys, yeah, was working in a cotton field basically in Mississippi, but they would record him as he was playing for like some people on the farm. And then he listened to the recording and realized that he was like a star. You know, he was like, well, why am I here? Like I, I belong somewhere <laughs> else. He had to yeah. hear himself for the first time to like realize the power of his instrument, you know? up uh your parents uh are luthiers right so they were making instruments so you were surrounded by all these different types of instruments right and you do you play the uh the venezuelan quattro is that your preferred instrument yeah that yeah yeah that's my instrument i play the venezuelan quattro the quattro venezolano but yeah i grew up like my mom and my dad they does they does yeah no my mom does uh violins and violas and my dad He makes this beautiful uh, double basses and cellos. And, you know, exactly. I grew up surrounded by uh, many, many instruments. When I was like 12, I did my own jarana, which is like a little guitar that we play down in Veracruz. And then suddenly I just found uh, the Cuatro Venezolano in my dad's studio. 
And when I was like, I was like 15 or 16 years old and I just felt in love like deeply because, you know, the Venezuelan Cuatro has this sound like, it's like, it's, it's really, it's so beautiful. It's like uh, really dark in a way, uh, but it's so soft because it's so small. So yeah, I just started to make songs and yeah, I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> The first guitar I actually bought myself was on the street in Mexico, you know, it was like $20, wow. you know, and it was wow, yeah. probably not a very good guitar, but it, it felt like mine and it felt like something that I could uh, do something special with. And yeah. um, I think that the soft tones of those strings, I think, were a much better thing to learn on than the steel string guitar which yeah. can be kind of harsh on your fingers you know yeah yeah no I, I i definitely think that you need to find like a gentle instrument to start yeah. when you're starting uh i also believe that you sometimes uh not knowing how to play an instrument an instrument gives you a whole new way to 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 see the music and to play the music. And it's, sometimes I feel like it gives you freedom in a way. Uh, I remember that I was actually studying jazz at the time that I started to play the cuatro. And I was starting like singing and then I was playing the piano and I was just like learning all this harmony. And I just I was just like transcribing all this uh, all this music, uh, you know, I was transcribing like Charlie Parker solos, or I was Oof. actually transcribing. Uh, Sounds like a lot of uh, work. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I was also playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was also playing the trumpet, and I was really like um, transcribing all this Chet Baker solos, you know. You know? And in the piano, I was really like into culture and changes and all that stuff. And uh, I was so like amazed by all these people. I was like, oh my God, these people are like geniuses. But at the same time, it was so hard to me to, to, to compose. I was trying at that time, I was also trying to create my own music. And I was so confused because... You know, when I when I was in the piano, I was just playing like this jazz thing. And I was like, this is not my language. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not this is not the, this is not my spirit. And, I'm, and I love it. I really love it. I really um, want it you know, to be like right. Ella Fitzgerald or, or Zabon, don't we all you know? don't we all right. Uh, so for me, when I uh, started to play the cuatro without knowing anything, you know, just two fingers and then 
I had like this beautiful chord. I just kind of hear this ninth uh, a major uh, kind of chord, and then this like ma- minor with the with the uh, you know this uh, yeah extension extensions. I don't know how to say this in English. I was so like surprised. I was just playing like a kid. And I feel that's so important in the, mm-hmm. in the creation process to be surprised. Just like, just like, wow, this is amazing. I don't know what's going on. I just want to play with this, just to have fun. And I feel that's something it's really important actually. <laughs> like when you're, when you're learning music, it's really important just to have fun and just to you gotta you gotta never get lose. yourself the song should be for yourself first right you have to thrill yourself yeah. you know you have an audience yeah. of one yeah. inside you kind of and um i'm curious yeah. about the the song marchita which uh i think is the title track of the new album that will be coming out next year um because you bring in this orchestra or maybe it's a chamber you know, group, but it's, it's this big, yeah, it's a group. big string sound that again starts from this little seed of you basically just in a room with your little guitar. And then it becomes this huge flower opening up. Um, and, you know, the translation of lyrics online is probably very bad. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I'm a lyrics for, I'm a lyrics person first. So I have to dive in a little bit. Uh, I apologize if the Spanish is really bad, but um, you have this opening line, Te he perdido tantas veces. Um, I've lost you so many times. And it's interesting because Marchita and Tristeza, the two songs are kind of almost like bookends, right? Where you have this love affair blossoming and then the flower withering and the love fading away. And they sort of, mourning of this person that was so important and now is gone, you know, from your life. Yeah. Um, how did those two songs sort of, are those two songs related in your mind? Story-wise? Yes. Yes. Um, for me, Marquita is like a story. I mean, it's the, the, the album, the whole album that I'm going to release next year. It's a, it's a, it's a whole story and it's a whole process. Uh, when I was writing these songs, I was actually uh, post breakup <laughs> kind of process, and for me, it was really important to to understand what what was going on uh, right. at that time. I was like so sad, and you know, for me, like love can just sometimes can go wrong. So that's why I'm using like this um, parallelism between a flower and love 
and then the flower even if it's beautiful and it's like the sweetest thing uh, gets withered it's right. withered marchita and then tristeza are connected actually are uh, in order you know it's first marchita and then tristeza uh, they are connected in this really beautiful way <laughs> because tristeza it's like the first tune uh, uh in the album where I try to say like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with sadness. Like I cannot be sad anymore. I don't want to. And Tristeza, uh, sorry, and Marchita, it's like this boom thing. You know, Marchita is like the climax. Catharsis. I don't know how to say mm -hmm. this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a cathartic thing, and um, so that's that's like for me in my head that that that, that was the order. The, yeah, the order, the 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 order that makes sense. You know, first like this cathartic thing, this moment, uh, really powerful. Marchita, it's really really powerful. It's like for me, everything in this song is really powerful because also like even having me playing by myself all the first half of a tune it's really powerful because i feel like there's nothing more powerful in the world than a tune that sustains itself with the voice right. only with the vocals and the and the and the little instruments in this album i play a lot with the with the concept of strength and vulnerability because i feel like those concepts are really in music and in life are really close mm. um so yeah that that was a the Marchita start with this uh, really vulnerable but strength, uh, you know, moment. And then the, all the, the strings are like this explosion, you know. And then Tristeza is like this more um, calm and actually like kind of meditativa. It's almost mm. like a meditation for me. It's really repetitive. So it's like mantric to me. Mm. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's actually closer to the ending. So, yeah. Well, the line, uh, de tu piel contra mi piel me ha gastado tanto y tanto, right? The idea that mm -hmm. this physical contact, this intimacy, yeah, skin on skin, it's cost me so much. Like it's taken just as much as it's given, right? Because when... yeah that intimacy is torn away it feels like you're empty it feels like you can't live especially when you're young and in love i was young and yeah. in love once it feels <laughs> like your world is ending right it feels like nothing else can go on even though yeah. like, two years from now you won't even remember what that felt like you know but it's great yeah. to like capture that moment in a time capsule um because look yeah. you're only 24 once you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. For me, it was really important just to put all that stuff like some, somewhere, you know, in, in poems or in this album or 
because I was just feeling so much. And as you say, like this first love, it's always like, you feel like there's nothing else. <laughs> no. It's all um, encompassing. Yeah, it's like there's there's no sense in life anymore. So for me, it was really like, yeah, as you're saying, this uh, tu piel contra mi piel, no? Me ha costado tanto y tanto. It's like, it's like, yeah, I I, I don't know what to do after this. <laughs> Has the person that you were maybe referencing in this song heard Marchita? I actually don't know. I actually don't know. I I guess he did. I mean, but like we never, you know, it's a really long story. It's mean, <laughs> really like far, <laughs> like far, <laughs> far away. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You know, I just, I don't even feel that way anymore. It's just, yeah. you know, I, I really want, like someday I probably, I would like, call him and I will say like hey let's just I really want to show you this like just for fun and just laugh about it because now you know this is Marachita it's really like intense and everything is like so dark and everybody's like oh my god this is so like you know in Mexico people is like it's so deep this is healing me and I love that I love that for me it was healing too uh but Actually, right now, if I if I if I think in the music, I love I love it. If I think in the story behind it, I just I I can't relate. Not like I recommend people having their heart broken, but you should have your heart broken at least once. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> I do. It's good for you. Makes you a better person. Let me say. It does. You know, it does. You're you're more empathetic after that because you know sometimes. Actually, pain moves you through reality <laughs> better than anything else. So, um, you know, at a time when I was actually making these songs, um, I was really like moving inside me. I was like searching for the words and for the melodies. And it was like, I feel like, I repasé, uh, like, like if I studied a lot this like relationship and this breakup and, and I felt like I was knowing everything, every detail. It, it was like I was on, on a, it was, I felt like I was a detective <laughs> searching yeah. for all these poems, you know, in my own soul. And I feel like that's, that's a beautiful thing to do. Like, even if you're not an artist, even if you just give yourself the time to search inside you. Well, even going back to uh, your 2018 uh, EP, Primeras Canciones, where you have uh, Te Guardo, right? Which has mm-hmm. now been listened to, what, 10, 14 million times, right? You release this <laughs> yourself. Uh, again, you're falling into this very deep, dark um destructive part of a love affair where you have um kisses one for each cheek in a crystal abyss for each wound right um yeah that's the english translation i apologize thank you google don't worry 
<laughs> no, but it, no, it's, but it's again, really like that. I love it. It's like a 21-year-old is writing such dark things. And it's like we feel so much, I think. The Guardo, it was really like the first song that I... Uh, not the first song that I wrote, the first song that I liked. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was... The Guardo has this like mad story. I just, I just kind of saw this guy, like, I don't know if it was love at first sight, but it was really close <laughs> to that. Right. And I just, I remember I saw him and, and this words just like, it was like vomit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just thought, uh, tengo tres caras posibles y tú me las quitas todas. You know, it's like, I have, three possible faces and you and I can use any of those faces when I'm right. with you you know and what I was trying to what I was trying to say is uh, when you look at me I completely vulnerable Tengo dos besos pendientes uno por cada mejilla y un abismo de cristal por cada herida Tengo el espacio carente que ocuparía tu abrazo si se nos diera el caso de vernos lejos de la gente. Like, you know, that happened, that, that feeling happened just like for 30 minutes. And then I went home and I just wrote down this song, like, fully, like in an hour. I was like, I need to put this like here, 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 here. And then I this uh, melody. Uh, so for me, the the melody of Te Guardo, it's so like, I love it, actually, you know? It's almost like a pop. It's a pop melody. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it is really. It's not that folkloric, though. Uh, actually, it was it, it was really like, um, I don't know. I just did it, and I was, you know, I remember at that time I was I was listening to like a lot of music from Colombia, like a lot of mm. salsa and a lot of like even Colombian pop, and uh, I just realized uh, that was uh, I took a lot of uh, like salsa uh, lines in mm. that Te Guardo song. Um, you know, I guess you can't tell because this is like a ballad, like really pop ballad. But uh, yeah, I took a lot of salsa lines and I just did this tune like, yeah, in in an hour. And I, I was 18 at that time. Uh, mm -hmm. I released this song when I was 21, but I was 18 at the time. And that, that's that. I just, yeah, it still is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> well, a lot of people, um, I think even in California, where we're surrounded by Latin American culture, music, food, again, we stay in our little comfort zones and we don't necessarily listen to some of the music that is coming up from uh, South America. Um, you talked about your love of uh, the songwriter from Chile, Violeta de Carmen Para Sandoval. Um, and... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, talking to you has helped me discover some music that, again, 
I try to listen to all sorts of music I've never heard of her. You know, it's like, yeah, why? Like, yeah. why have I not? And now <laughs> I hope people listening to this can discover some new music as well. Um, is there someone right now that you're listening to that uh, we should hear? A lot of people, but um, well, Violeta Parra, as you're saying, it's like my old time inspiration. I mm. love her. Uh, she did this song, Gracias a la Vida, thanks, thanks to life or something like that. Uh -huh. And then she killed herself and it's oh, really God. like her life. It's really like intense, but you listen to her music and she's always so grateful for everything. It's like, thank you for my, for my own body. Thank you, song for being shining thank you she's like so generous mm. and, and she killed herself it's just man it's, it's crazy it's crazy when you were a kid, you started singing like Sarah Vaughn, Billie Holiday, that kind of stuff at home. <laughs> Did your parents worry that you were too serious as a young artist, like writing songs like Carta, where you're like the unbearable seriousness that terrifies us? Like, shouldn't you be <laughs> out there writing happy songs? Like, what's wrong with her? Is she okay? My dad was worried. My dad. My mom, she was like, oh, she's okay. She's just a teenager. But my dad, he was like, I think she needs to go to therapy. And I was <laughs> like, come on, I'm really happy. I'm just doing like poems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad, he was, I think my dad, he was worried. But, you know, um, I'm actually a really happy person. Like, I'm always you. laughing. And... <laughs> I'm always laughing and I'm always like uh, making jokes and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I feel like I have a deep connection with sadness and, and I think that's good. And also I feel like in Mexico, we have this connection with this, um, you know, we have different ways to see uh sadness or even the death i mean we have the day of the dead and it's actually like a happy party for us right. um we have all this you know the, the way we party in mexico it's like we drink mm -hmm. we get really drunk and then we put like this really sad music like uh -huh. really really sad music like jose jose kind of songs or or juan gabriel kind of music and then we sing, like we scream, like, que triste fue decirnos adios. We start to cry. That's the way we, we, we party, <laughs> you know? We don't dance, we don't talk. <laughs> we, at some point, we, we just uh, cry. Yo sé que eres libre de irte como también de quedarte hasta que afinemos gestos y olvidarnos del lenguaje que baste con la mirada para decir que te quiero que baste con un suspiro para descifrar tus miedos 
So uh, I feel like that's, I don't know, that, that, that says something about uh, the way we in Mexico are so connected to sadness or, uh, you know, difficult uh, feelings. Well, it's like, like And, real intense feeling, which I think we avoid most of the time in everyday life, right? If you're just walking yeah. down the street, you're not going to start laughing and then crying or people might think you're insane, right? But like, yeah, <laughs> music allows us to like feel more yeah. in a sane way. <laughs> no, of course. Music is freedom, really, really. Especially like right now where when we are so busy and people is so lonely all around the globe because the way we construct our societies, you know, um, like music allows us just to feel, uh, cry or laugh or just to feel. Sometimes we don't have time for that anymore. Que yo te propongo un trato porque ya no puedo más con este constante Speaking of feeling, you're in Washington, D.C. right now. A lot of this uh, is the first time you're seeing some of the states, right? What yes. is your first impression of our very strange, very large country? It's very large. It is very large. I've been driving a lot these days. You know, my impression is really like you have this huge country You have all this richness, like cultural richness. You have all these cult cultures. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like you're not enough conscious and grateful for that. <laughs> you know, I, it's like maybe because it's the way it is and it's just the way it is. But for me, it's like I would be so grateful if I just walk two blocks and then I have a sushi restaurant and just in front of that I have like a Mexican bookstore and then I have uh, like this beautiful uh, Chinese garden or you know mm -hmm. like you have all this stuff and it's amazing and you have like all this music like I've been hearing music from here from United States like all my life and I, right. it, <laughs> and it's awesome and also like Like I'm always uh, searching for these connections uh, from uh, Mexican music and, you know, New Orleans music, you know, or Brazilian music and uh, blues or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking through for this uh, musical connections. And you have so much here, so, so much like um, you have the blues, you have New Orleans, second line. You have uh, the jazz, um, you have country, bluegrass, uh, I'm sorry for I'm sorry for the country music. I'm just going to apologize no. for that. <laughs> no, I liked it. You have so much. And again, like, I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're, you know, grateful and happy for that. Because it's a, it's a, it's una bendición. It's a bliss. So um, that's, that's my feeling about United States. Really the best part about this country is that we are all immigrants, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean we 
nobody existed here, you know, like 400 years ago, except the native populations. Right. Yeah. So everybody is an immigrant coming here. So it's ridiculous when people are afraid of the next wave of immigrant because like that was you. Yeah. (laughs) Not that long ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is what makes America so beautiful is the layers of immigration that create all these different cultures. And I always say that the best part of like a big city like LA is that we have everybody, like we have everything. It's like the greatest hits, right? I can go last night on the way back from a show on Sunset Boulevard and get 10 different types of tacos at midnight. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm in another country. And that's the best part is that it doesn't, it's not clear where I am. It's like I could be in Chiapas, you know, it's awesome. But I'm, (laughs) I'm right in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really, for me, that's something that blows my mind every time that I'm here. It's just, it's so beautiful. And I, I, and I know what you're talking about. Like, I also felt, I also feel this thing uh, when people is scared about other cultures or scared about the unknown, as you were mm-hmm. saying. And I also think that that music has the power of uh, fight against the, yeah. the scare, you know, um, the miedo. You know, I feel like music is this, again, music is freedom. And I feel like uh, for me, of course, I know the troubles that Mexican people are uh, having, you know, just crossing the border. And and it's really, it's really sad. And also, for me, my music, I really want to, to be this space you know where people can actually see that there's there's no um danger mm-hmm. <laughs> in in our culture there's no danger in us and there's no and, and, and it's actually a beautiful thing to uh get to know better your mexican neighbor uh or your peruvian uh teacher or whatever you know uh, I'm just saying that music has this power. And for me, that's something really important that I've been uh, living through this tour with Rodrigo y Gabriela. You know, uh, they have like this uh, non-particularly Latin audience, actually. The audience is really like just uh, regular kind of North American, you know, uh, people. and every time that I sing at, at the end, there's people crying really, mm. or, or really, really moved. And they're not getting, they're not understanding what I'm right. saying, but they're feeling it. And I love that about being here to see how music is able to just go uh, without any language boundary you know there's 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 no there's no wall (laughs) for music right so that's that's something that really (laughs) makes me almost cry every night it's like 
I can't believe that this is happening. I'm just opening my heart and I'm just being really uh, honest about what I want to say. And these people who doesn't speak Spanish at all, they're getting it. They're getting Llorando. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that. I love that about being here. That's probably my favorite thing. What is the song that you play that makes people cry? Or is it a different one each night? Um, I think it's different, but mostly La Llorona, which is a traditional song uh, from Mexico. I don't know if you know about the song. It's, uh, it's like, Ay, de mi llorona, 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 de un campo lindo, el que no sabe de amores, llorona, no sabe lo que es el martirio. And it's really like about this lady who is uh, just singing and searching for her love. <laughs> Porque te quiero, quieres, llorona, quieres que te quiera más. Si ya te he dado la vida, llorona, ¿qué más quieres? Quieres más. So people, there was a, a scary movie that came out called La Llorona. La Llorona? Yeah, because it's actually a scary thing, because it's you know, the, the, like the person, the, the Llorona, La Llorona, she, it's this lady who is searching for her family. Mm -hmm. And she's actually a ghost. Mm -hmm. so, so she's like in this white dress, just like floating around, crying and saying, I miss hijos, because she's just searching for um, her uh, children. She's like, my children, my children. So they say, like, if you're in a forest or in the field, like, really late, you will hear my children, mis hijos, mis hijos. And you will see this lady with really long, long hair, white dress, just floating. But that's the story of this. And then there's La Llorona, the music and the song. And it's, yeah, they just took the idea of this person and put it into this beautiful song song and yeah i think I, and I, people doesn't actually know about this story you know and do people in mexico so do people in mexico who are more comfortable with the transition from i think the living and the dead with dio de los muertos being like a, a fiesta it's not like a, a sad day it's like a celebration of life yeah are you still scared by like ghosts if you see something very spooky or unknown is does it scare you still or is it just like oh yeah that's my grandmother she's been dead for 10 years <laughs> Hola, abuela. Hola, abuelita. well um i think i'm not afraid of it um i'm really like pragmatic is that what exists pragmatica uh -huh. So it's not that I don't believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts, but I, I'm like, for example, the other day, it was really late. And I saw this like 
lightning and I was really about to sleep and I was like I don't have time for this I really need to sleep so just go and I say it out loud I said like vete que tengo que dormir and then I went to sleep and I just fall asleep you know I really like so yeah I guess I'm not I'm not like scared about these things because you know we have all this I'm not religious at all but you know we have all this ideology of that people just coming to say hi once a year and it's like the happiest day of our lives because then abuelita and abuelito and all our families are visiting us right mm. so after that they're like how cool is that right so yeah i guess i, I i'm not scared about it my uh, grandmother just passed away a week or so ago and I'm sorry. You know, I, I like you try to call her every week or so. And now it's like you go to call her and there's no one there. Right. But we still have yeah. her portrait. We have this old 80s portrait that we took from her house that's in our music room. So it's like she's kind of like watching yeah. over us, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you could have a conversation with anyone in history who is no longer living, who would it be? Um, that's a hard question. I guess probably Chet Baker. All right. <laughs> Just to ask him, like, he never learned music. I mean, he wasn't able to read music. He was really, like, not as cool uh, guy. And he was creating these beautiful solos like so much information on his right. music and I guess I just want to know how his brain works and he has also this like really harsh life and with drugs you know like all these yeah. jazz guys um, but yeah I guess I will and you know he must be like he was so handsome <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I love it. So when is Marchita coming out? Do you know yet? Yeah, the 20 something. Actually, I don't know if I can say this, but it's the 20, 23 of January uh, next year. So it's every day closer and closer. Let's just say that maybe it'll come out on the due date of when my baby's supposed to be born. Oh my God, are you having a baby? Yeah, right in that exact time. Wow. Well, congratulations. You heard you it here first, folks. Be... <laughs> well, congratulations. Do you know it's, if it's going to be like her or he or... We are going to be surprised. Oh, really? not going to find out until the day. All right. All right. Well, I love it. I love it. Well, then it's a good sign, I guess. Can you take us out by singing a little bit of one song from the upcoming album, or is it top secret? No, it's not. It's not top secret. Um, but do you want me to sing it here? Yeah, or just right like a, yeah, why not? All right, this is this is Casa. It's okay. a really beautiful song about my home in Veracruz. Um, mi casa es un recuerdo 
primavera de pálidas plegarias sin Dios. Mi casa es lo que esperaba el verano de aquella insoportable inundación y entiendo que la vida me reproche insólita el corazón mi es una estrella que se apaga, que triste se despide de mi voz, que triste se despide de mí. There she goes now, the lovely Silvana Estrada. What a pleasure having her on this podcast. And please, for Latin Heritage Month or any month, listen to music in Spanish. Listen to music that you haven't heard ever in your life. It'll change everything. As she mentioned, her newest record, her debut album, Marchita, will be coming out in January on Glass Note Records. So look out for that. And you can hear Marchita and Tristeza singles from that new record right now on Spotify or wherever you consume music. And as I mentioned earlier, my group Dust Bowl Revival put out a really cool new single with the Secret Sisters. Yes, Grammy-nominated Harmony Masters from Alabama. They joined us in an amazing song called The Exception, and there's an animated music video shot in space. I'll just leave it at that. I want to say a brief thank you to everyone who has kept encouraging me to do this show. Uh... I'm not a professional radio personality. I'm doing this on my own, and I really appreciate everyone who has left a kind review on Apple Podcasts or have just told me, you know what, I discovered my favorite new artist on here, and that means a lot. Um, if you dig this show, please donate znlupitan at gmail.com on PayPal or at Dust Bowl Revival on Venmo. And yes, we reached our three-year anniversary this week. 200,000 downloads from 90 countries. It's crazy. So please tell your friends and we'll keep on going. As always, the show on the road is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Zach Lupiton, and we are part of the mighty BGS Podcast Network. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and we'll see you on the trail. Y devolverlas poro a poro hasta mi vida Sabré olvidar Sabré gritar Pintar colores en el techo con mi boca Dejar de lado tu promesa que me estorba Sabré olvidar Y que te cante quien te quiera de
Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast.